Welcome to Operators Only, the podcast for entrepreneurs and decision makers. Join us as we dive deep into the journey of business ownership. From the exhilarating highs to the challenging lows, we will explore the good, bad, and the ugly. Get ready to gain insight, strategies, and inspiration from seasoned operators who have successfully grown their companies. Discover the secrets, the lessons learned, and the invaluable wisdom that come from these real-world experiences. So welcome to the Operators Only Podcast. I'm your host, Keith. With me today is Zach Burek, my homie from North Carolina. Dual-faceted entrepreneur, husband, amazing kids underneath his belt that he's raising to do hillbilly and country shit with, right? Uh, golfer extraordinaire and... Uh, Unfortunately, not viral with the latest uh, you know, commercial you shot for all your sponsors. Uh, and, and I don't know who brought that up or who came up with that. And if it was you, I'm going to need that creativity from you at all times, not just uh, after a six pack on the on the turn. Well, welcome <laughs> to it. the show, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I love doing stuff like this, especially with my homies. Yeah, it's always fun, man. Especially on a Friday when it's downpouring outside. No one really wants to work anyway. Might yeah. as well shoot some content and, and give some give some intel, right? Give some info out there. I did but come man, up with like that golf video though. I was Did you for the record? I did come up for with that. the record. I came up with that. I was at the eye doctor last Friday, just sitting there waiting, watching the US open. And I see all these players with all these sponsors on their their sleeves. And their, and their collars and i'm like they got more sponsors than a nascar fire suit but none of them post round interview none of them thank their sponsors and i'm like but if they did this is what it would be like 100 percent, dude it was classic i'm, I'm <laughs> devastated you got like three likes on that i don't understand i think you know they it don't do a little better on on your end a little better on tiktok yeah feels great great for the record you guys go check that out We'll, we'll plug TikTok, Instagram, and all the handles. <laughs> I mean, so let's let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about going from the mentality. Like in in your world, you were an employee at DS Duggins Welding. That's right. right. DS Duggins has been around a long time. You were an employee. What was your role within the company as an employee? Yeah, so I started at Duggins in 2013 when I was still in school, and I was uh, I was given a, an internship, right? So they push really hard for internships in college yeah. or where I was going to school at UNC Charlotte School of Engineering. They're like, you got to get some experience in order to to get a good job. Whenever you get out of here, take what you can get, get that internship, get that experience in the summers. So I had a, a baseball coach of mine growing up who also works in the industry for a fabricator or really a broker that we do right. a lot of work with. Called him. I'm like, hey man, I'm looking to to get an internship. Do you know of anybody? Is your company hiring for for the summer? And so he introduced me to Derek Duggins, who started Duggins Welding back in 1986. Just him and a pickup truck and a welding machine. So from '86 to '13, when I started, he grew up from like I said, a truck and a welding machine to a couple cranes. We probably had 25, 30 people uh, on the team at that time. So when I started. Uh, what I thought would be a glorified internship turned out to be really cheap labor. So <laughs> I think I, yeah, it was paid though. Jokes was on paid. you, sucker. That's it. I think I was making $13 an hour. 
um, had zero experience out in the construction industry, like on job sites. Right. Yeah. So I spent like a week in the office kind of learning what we did and kind of how we did it. Then he threw me to the wolves. I went out into the field and started literally from the bottom. So learning what piece marks are. They put numbers on every piece of steel that comes out to the job site so you can identify what piece it is. You look at the drawing, see where it goes. So I started by shaking steel out, unload it off the truck, move it around so you can somewhat organize it on the job site. <laughs> Went from that to rigging, so putting the steel chokers or the nylon chokers around the beams. Um from 13 to end of 14 or beginning of 15, I stayed out in the field. So went back to school after that summer of 13, graduated spring of 14, went back out into the field after I got that expensive ass piece of paper, uh, which is nothing but an expensive ass piece of paper. That's right. Went back. Yeah. Went back out in the field, learned a ton, did a, a little bit of pretty much everything that we do uh, as far as steel erection goes. So went from, unloading trucks, shaking out steel, rigging to getting in the air, connecting, uh, laying metal decking, like pretty much everything that we do, I've done. Progress from staying out in the field to getting into the office, started estimating. Uh, that was about 2015. Did that uh, along with picking up more and more responsibilities as far as like project management, sitting in um quarterly meetings to determine profit sharing for our, our lead guys and things like that. Um, and then bought the company. Now, let me stop you there. Let me yeah. stop because now you're, you transition from in the field, you finish college, you get, you know, you struck the check for that piece of paper. At what point did you realize like, all right, I'm going to figure this thing out and I'm going to work the route up to learn the field, get into the office. Cause Dude, there's there's not there's not many people at the early twenties thinking proactively like that. Now there's a few, they're far few in between. But for you, what was it that that gave you the inclination or kind of the idea of like there's a pathway up this chain and, and I'm gonna go work it? And at what point did you start thinking, shit, I might own this damn thing one day? Yeah. Well, I've always been a worker, like grew up poor. A government assistance, you name it, we had it. And I had what I consider a life-changing experience when I was about 12 years old. So I started working at the golf course with my uncle, just weed eating, making 20 bucks a day, getting to play free golf. And really from that point on, like that's all I knew. If I wanted something, I knew I had to earn it. Nothing was going to be given to me. So whenever I, I got this job at Duggan's, like all I knew was work. And I knew if I worked hard, I would progress didn't at, you know at the time I didn't know that was going to turn into ownership but once yeah. I got into the office and that relationship with Derek got stronger I mean he'd have me over in his basement we'd have some bourbon drinks and just shoot the shit for a while and for the record this guy clearly lives north of Florida because he said the word basement <laughs> those things don't I don't even know what that is anymore I haven't seen a basement in forever but yeah well you'll have to come up here I'll tell you mine <laughs> but yeah, it didn't take long once I got into the office and really got a, a good understanding of not just what we did, but what the what business was, you know, because he's allowing me to to be part of some major decisions. And so I learned a ton from him and I kind of describe it as an entrepreneur. It, again, it didn't take long before I knew, like, I either want to run this company, I want to buy it or I'm going to start my own. Because, I mean, pretty much everybody listening to this, I'm sure knows you're you're not going to 
you're not going to make your dreams happen working for somebody. You're just going to make theirs. Yeah. So, you know, we, we had numerous conversations in his basement about what's your exit strategy and coming from a 23 year old kid at the time, he probably thought I was full of shit and just watched a couple of YouTube videos. Right. (laughs) And you might have, but it it worked. I I did. And that's kind of what sparked (laughs) it. I started, started listening to podcasts, started reading books, um, and then we got into those conversations and it turned from, you know, just an aspiration and a dream to taking the action steps that, that were necessary to make it happen and turn it into a reality. Yeah. So I'd so say about 23 years old, just, just go ahead. I was going to say just after I'd say about 23 years old, a couple of years of experience in the field and then making that transition into the office, seeing the numbers and what was possible. I'm like, I, I know what I want to do now. I got to figure out how to do it. Yeah. But you mentioned something there that's, I think, uh, highly overlooked and shit on. But you said, I, I watched some videos and I read some books. And I don't know, you know, I wasn't a very big reader coming up in school. Shit. They were like, hey, you need a 2.0 to graduate. I was like, checkpoint, 1.95, round up for me. Got it. Out the door I go <laughs> into the military. I was never a big reader. I was always outside, right? I was always an outside kid, wanted to play and do and, and sports, whatever. Wasn't a very big kid. So therefore I didn't get a contract anywhere or even a look. Um, but I put on my size after the military. But all that being said, there's millions of 23, 22, 21, 27, 30 year old kids. Cause I still think 30 is like, you still got room to fuck up and figure it out. Right. But how beneficial and and how profound has reading been in your entrepreneur journey it's been and not just entrepreneurship like talk yeah. family kids you know being a husband being a like just all in yeah read. and and i read i read books across the board um dealing with entre- entrepreneurship uh marriage you know parenting everything same with the videos a lot of the books that i read are you know written by the same people that I'm watching on YouTube or the same people that I'm listening to their podcast. Yep. But it's been it's been huge. In this age, this technological age that we live in, there's no reason anybody can't learn anything that they want to. Like if you've got a, an interest in it, you can watch millions of YouTube videos, go down the rabbit hole and learn so much from other people. And I credit I credit those people that I listen to and that I follow for a lot of my early success, right? So adopting their mistakes and their successes, learning from them, seeing what they did, treating it as if it's it's my own failures that they've gone through so that I personally don't have to experience it has accelerated that success journey from A to B all the way to Z um, so so much faster. Like what took them 20 years took me in. Dude, and that's the thing. Uh, Like, I don't, if I'm in the car by myself, there's a podcast on, right? I don't listen to the radio. Now, if I got the kids and the wife in the car, you know, they're not listening to podcasts, but I read, I listen. And, and here's, you know, God, how many times have you heard? Don't recreate the wheel. Like, holy shit. And then you got dudes like Alex Ramazzi out there just fucking pouring the education on people. Like, hey, here is the game plan. <laughs> Copy me. Yep. You'll be all right. And, and, there's still people out there like, how did you do it? You know, like what, what was the one thing that you did? 
and I, and I get it, man. Everyone's looking for the easy way to do shit. Like to your point, right? We've got technology everywhere, phones and tablets and computer. I mean, I'm staring at four or five of those devices right here within four feet of me, but people still want to ask Zach, man, how, how, man, how did you put the business together? Like who was the one person you made the one phone call to, and then made this happen? Like, man, we've been hustling for 30 years, 20 years, 15 years and reading. So, so, you know, what we were talking about is just people always searching for, for the, for the easiest route, man. And I think the easiest route is, is just reenacting what you're seeing successful people do and not reinventing the wheel. So I haven't come up with any of the business ideas that I've launched that have been okay, successful, mediocre, failed, whatever. It's always been, I see it, it's successful. I mimic it and it either works because I have passion or it doesn't work because it's something that I launched and I wasn't passionate about. So I didn't put my effort in. Right. I think that's where fail and success come from. Sure. You can have financial crisis. You can have all these outside um, factors that we can't necessarily control. But for the most part, I think it's, it's most people just like, shit the bed on the passion side of it and they don't put their best foot forward. And then it doesn't work the way they see it working because they don't understand what you understand with your journey at Duggins. You know how to take tr- the metal off the truck the correct way. You know how to collar, you know how to lay it. You, like you did your time to learn those stepping stones to get to this point. So it wasn't like, Oh man, Zach, you got into this career four years ago and you're the CEO of a multi-million dollar company now. Like there was some story behind it. So for all you young bucks out there, pick up Instagram, pick up TikTok, read a book, and and copy people. Right? Yeah, What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. There's nothing new under the sun. Everybody that has achieved any level of success has most likely mimicked what somebody else is doing. There's not a whole lot being created from scratch, like content, original content. Yeah. But guess what? They're still saying the same thing that people 50 years, hundred years ago said, just maybe in a different way, right. which is great. Cause you've got so many different people to listen to. And, you know, each person individually is going to resonate with different people more than, than others. Um, so that's great. I will say one thing about like social media, as good as it can be, it also can suck really bad if it's used the wrong way. And so I think a lot of people's misconception about folks like us, entrepreneurs, business owners, and operators is, you know, the success came so fast and they're all looking for that, that secret. And the secret is there is no secret. Like you, you have to work hard. You have to put in the work every single day, weekends and holidays included. Right? right. And, you know, eventually, once you build a team around you, you can delegate and you can not let off the gas, but get out of the the operations and work on the business more than in it. And so it, it kind of, it flows a little better and it, it may feel a little easier. The stress is still there. You still got everything to worry about, but you're not physically manually having to, to do everything anymore. But like similar to you, man, I'm a, I'm a 10 year overnight success, right? right. The social media stuff, it's a highlight reel myself included, like I'm going to post the good shit and I probably don't put a lot of negative stuff out there, but yeah, it just, it takes time. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of, I guess motivation can get you going, but you got to have the habits that, that keep you going. Right. Yeah. Motivation but, only lasts so long. That's it. It's a, it's a feeling, right? That's right. Just another emotion. So 
So you brought up it some takes good time. It takes work. There. Yeah, you brought up some. You brought up some fire in that. <laughs> right, one one is we got to get out of this mentality that just because a dude's got a Rolex on and has has got an exotic car in a video, it probably ain't fucking his, right? And and flashes all this shit. Trust but verify, right? Yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt, man. Congrats, here are your flowers. You did a good job. But if you rented the car for the video shoot. And that's some fake ass money you're throwing around and you're talking about some multi-level marketing or some BS. Chances are that guy's full of it, right? That's a clickbait. So as these people are looking, you got to do your due diligence on who you're following, right? Alex Ramazzi has got shit out there for years. So much content floats around. Probably a lot of valid shit happening there, right? You've got Andy Frisella and, you know, Joe Rogan, these guys are putting out content every day, living, living the words that they're saying, right? So are you guys getting into business or looking to level up your business? You know, latch on to one of these guys who have street cred, have, have a track record, right? Not just a guy you see who says some shit that you like, and then you follow, you know, with, with 10 of his other followers. So that's, that's one thing. The, the other piece to it is, you know, I think Americans are lazy. So they're looking for that simplicity. They're looking for the cheap way out, the, the meal ticket. Here's a, here, facing a drop of knowledge. Here is how you fast forward the bullshit. You pay for it. You hire the coach who's done it. You get into the rooms like Apex. You get into the rooms of people who are either at the same level in the journey that you're on or doing better than you. You got to guard your circle, your time. You got to protect all that. So you have to be in rooms of people doing better than you. That's why this phrase, like if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. Well, that's, I, and I literally try to be the dumbest one in the room and it costs a lot of money to be that yeah. frankly, right. I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for business coaches and being in the right rooms and, being in association with people and putting myself out there. And I think that's a big product of it. If you can be yourself, genuine, and you can honestly ask for help instead of being needy, because there's a huge difference in chasing help, right? And learning from other people and then just using that person for what they're worth. So for me, like getting in these right rooms and you're in some of these rooms, how beneficial has that been for business mentors and coaches and being in these rooms, how's that been for your collapsing the time, collapsing the pain? Oh, a ton. And you know, that's, that's in addition to the podcast that I'm, that I'm listening to YouTube and the books that I'm reading. Like I would never have met you most likely had, had I not joined apex. Right. And so meeting people like you working with business coaches, again, adopting what their successes and failures are, as my own has you know, exponentially decreased that, that timeline. Uh, and so if you want to call it a shortcut, I'd say that the only one there is. Right. And, and it's really not a shortcut. It's just accelerating the time you're still putting in the work. You still have to put in the work. Yeah. You just utilizing, you know, new relationships and relationships are huge. It's one of our core values here, utilizing those relationships, building them, not for for your gain, but to help each other. That's the point of a mastermind is to to get a 
group of like-minded people together and basically brainstorm. You bounce ideas off of each other. You learn from the other, even if it's a completely different industry. There's so much to be learned from, like you said, people that have been there, done it, and are way further ahead than you are. Yeah, and sure. me particularly, much everybody in those in those rooms are ahead of me. And I love it because I can learn so much from them. All right. So you hit you, core values. How important are core values within the scope of your business? And how does that correlate with the culture that you're building? Core values and culture go hand in hand. And when I say core values, I don't mean some some fancy letters and words on the wall, right? If you're going to have core values, you better live them out. You better you better mean what you're saying. You better preach um, those core values and what you expect out of your team daily, weekly, monthly. I mean, every time you see somebody preach those core values and, and as a leader at the top, like our job is to cast the vision and you're not going to achieve that vision and get to where you're going without establishing and living those core values out. So for us, relationships, work ethic, commitment, and winning. Love it. The relationships is most important to me because I know my team is way more important and valuable than me. Right. If if shit hit the fan and they wanted to go work somewhere else, they'd have a job tomorrow. If I don't have my team, guess what? I'm going bankrupt. Yep. Right. So I know the value of my team and I try to make sure they know their value as well. They're compensated well. Um in addition to hourly and salary you know we've got bonuses and profit sharing uh obviously as long as we're profitable each quarter um we get together at least quarterly with the the leadership team just to just to hang out we talk about anything but work right we're renting some simulators and throwing football and playing cornhole and things like that um the work ethic is one thing that we can all control you can decide, I don't care what you're doing, whether you're flipping burgers at McDonald's or Burger King or operating a crane out on a job site for us. Like you, you can decide how much effort you're going to put into whatever you're doing. That's right. Staying committed to yourself, your team around you. Like our guys are working whenever we're really busy. We're talking 60 plus hours a week. They might have Sundays off. Well, they'll have Sundays off. They might have a Saturday off, but I mean, it's, Balls to the wall, go, go, go. General contractors want you to do more than you can do in less time than they <laughs> really need That's to give right. you. Yep. And uh, so these guys, we're around our team more than we are our family most of the time. So yep. you know, we got to be committed to putting out quality work, to having each other's back. And then whenever you put all those together, those three core values, relationships, commitment, and, and work ethic, and you're living them out every single day, that's when we're winning. Yeah. And unashamedly, I'm a winner. My team's going to win and I'm going to win. That's right. And yeah, I think that that conviction of the winning mentality is is also parlays into your success and, and the energy that you portray to your people, right? Um, and that's huge, right? The relationship thing's huge. Like this, this or next Friday, week from today, like we're taking the whole team out. We're going to have a one-hour key three kickoff meeting, do a little bit of celebrating, a little bit of, hey, here's what we're up against on Q3. Here's the goals. And then we're going to drive to New Smyrna Beach and spend the day. Nice. On the beach, playing, hanging out, kids, cook out, whatever. And so I agree with that. And I think 
you know, people want to be appreciated, right? Even the most egotistical asshole alpha male out there wants to know that he's appreciated, right? Regardless of what his demeanor tells you. And, and these are little, these are little acts that you can do to make people hitch to the bandwagon for life. Yep. You know, and, and as long as people feel appreciated and they feel valued and they, you know, and, and you're giving them their flowers while they're alive. Right. That's something that I've been focusing on lately and just learning more about. If we got to celebrate people while they're here. Why the fuck are we doing it at a funeral? Yeah. Right. Eulogy. Great. Well, why didn't we tell this dude or this chick who's in a casket or in an urn all this shit while they were alive? Like, so we got to do better, right? We got to be more compassionate as humans, which is not something that is happening in this country today, in my opinion. Right. Yep. I mean, I can't tell you how many memes and jokes people have been sending me about this damn submersible where, you know, these dudes, regardless of their stupidity on this decision to go, right, or whatever the case is, because we hear all this shit through the media. So my assumption is that there's two billionaires on this thing, plus one guy who owns the equipment in the business, who's probably a billionaire, too, at some level. There's listen, I know they made a lot of important decisions in their life, and this one couldn't be one that they just decided to go, nah, we're not gonna do any research about this and just hop in. So whatever happened, you know, I don't I don't take any of the news, I don't listen to that shit, right? Because you hear 27 different stories, but people want to be appreciated, people want to know that they're connected, and people want to be loved, but let's not show them that after they're dead. Yeah. Right. Cause now you're starting to see, oh, this guy was such a great business owner and he had a beautiful family and that are like all the accolades or like the credits. We got to, we got to reverse that. We got to give credits then, but we got to start giving credits now. Right. That's my thing. So yeah, I like to that. the point of like just spending some time with your people to, to get to know them and not just what they can do for you as an employee. Yeah. One, so one little thing that I do, every single one of our foremen, uh, crane operators, folks like that, I've got their birthday saved in my, in my phone. And so every single, it may not be on their birthday, but if I got three guys that their birthdays in the same week, I'm going to carry some, some cupcakes out there, what some lunch, you know, whatever, and just, just hang out. Even if it's on the job site for half hour, an hour and spending, you know, a hundred bucks here and there just to say happy birthday. And Hey, I appreciate you and everything you do for us goes a long ways. Hell yeah, it does for sure. That's dope. So Day-to-day operations, you've taken over the business at this point. You're, what, two years in as the CEO, kind of running the ship. And if yeah. we're running up on time, just let me know. Uh, no, we're but, good. Um, you know, so so obviously the mentality's changed, your operation and the business has changed and kind of your day-to-day, right? But what are you focused on right now for DS Duggins? Yeah, I'm always looking to grow. And I don't mean just pipeline revenue. I mean, if I can help anybody on my team become a better human being then we're growing right we have these talks all the time in our our weekly schedule meeting and we've got our goals you know our monthly revenue goals we've got our annual revenue goals all the all the stuff on the PL and the balance sheet that you look at to look at the financials but like I, i'm not an entrepreneur i didn't get into entrepreneurship just to make a lot of money like i want to make an impact and in the industry that we're in, it's it's notorious for, uh, I think, in construction, the suicide rate is greater than any other industry, partially because of what you're saying, people not getting recognized and they don't feel appreciated, right? Right. And so doing things like that, 
introducing people on my team to podcasts and to books, whether or not they ever listen to them or read them. I'm trying to do my part to put it in front of them and show them what's out there. Right. And even if, even if Duggins is a stepping stone for somebody on my team to go do whatever they want to do in life, as long as I can, I can help them progress and get better. That that's what excites me. Like my flex is not a Rolex. It's not a fancy car. It's writing those quarterly bonus checks out. Right. We, uh, we put, God, I think we wrote nearly 200 grand worth of bonuses last year. And I don't know how many people are willing to do that. You know, I'm, I'm happy really- to, I love it because again, without my team, I can't do anything that I'm doing. So that's what excites me. We're going to continue growing. Um, and in growing personally, my team growing personally, the the byproduct of that is likely going to be top line revenue and profit. Every time, well. bro, they come hand in hand. So you, you, that's a good point, right? Is, is we get into it for the money up front. And I just think that that obviously, if we're going to be business owners, if we're going to be husbands and, and we're going to lead families and, and have children that we're responsible for, obviously we get into it for the money. I think the distinct difference in a lot of people's ability to achieve success in their business is how quickly is that reason put to bed? And how quickly do they change their thought process to, I'm going to be a giver? Because once you become a giver, the money comes, yep. period. And and you can grow people, right? And we hear in our groups that you and I run in, like, you're not a baller until you write baller-ass paychecks for your employees. Yep. Or give baller-ass money to people and do baller-ass things for other people. Because when that happens, when you're when you're someone who gives without the need to receive, right? You're just given to give, right? Here, example, man, this is a dumb example, whatever, but this small, like a couple of years ago, wife's friend calls, she's going through a hard time, refrigerator goes out, all their food, you know, she's got a son at home, newly divorced, split up, whatever. Don't want to get too involved in their personal shit, but she was panicking. Hear my wife talking to her and I'm like, what's up? This person, you know, this is, you know, she's also our food. She's trying to raise her son. You know, the the ex is like, go fuck yourself. Figure it out. I'm like, get in the truck. Go up to Home Depot, spend seven, 800 bucks on the refrigerator, go deliver it, input in the shit, like plug it in. She's good to go. And we leave. Like, I didn't even think about it. But to me, it's like, no one should go without a refrigerator. Right? Like, dude, come on. So whatever I can do to help in that scenario without asking, just going and doing and giving. I do little things like that all the time. And I credit a lot of the shit that happens to me positively on me doing shit like that for other people. Yeah, 100%. Whether it's, you know, if you have employees that you're writing bonus checks to to show love, or if you have friends, or if you just come across someone that's in need or whatever the case is, like just become a giver at whatever level you can. And good shit starts coming back your way tenfold. Yeah, 100%. So I think that's the same thing within business, man. If we can show our employees and and our work family that we like, love, and and trust, and honor, and appreciate, and want to push and grow, 
they're you know they're not going anywhere they're just not going to leave you yeah they leave because of money most oftentimes they leave because of money or they feel undervalued right so the, so those are the two things that I, I try to keep consistent reminders uh and especially when we're talking to clients you know and they're making hiring decisions man this guy's expensive well stop looking at him as a as a dollar sign start looking at him as a human with five kids at home and who's a guy that will latch onto your belt buckle and likely never leave if you treat him well yeah pay him a little more it'll come out i promise yeah and it's a tax savings so you need to pay some people a little more anyway right so we win <laughs> So, but that's a good, that's, that's something good, man. So what are you doing, I guess, in, in monthly, quarterly, how are you making sure that you're checking in with these people and, and, you know, getting in inside their, their ears and their mindset? Yeah. So again, at a minimum, our leadership team, we have quarterly meetings and I don't spend a lot of time talking about core values and, you know, our, our goals for the the next quarter or the year or whatever, but I will, you know, we'll open the meeting up. This is, this is what we did. This is, um, you know, you guys are a direct reflection of the bottom line and why we're able to rent a place out for three grand for just a couple hours and have a good time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about the core values because again, buying into those and living them out is the only reason that we've got a really good culture and why our retention rate is way better than most in our industry. Um, most of the time when people leave us, it may be for a dollar or two, and they probably haven't been with us long. And most likely three months later, they're coming back. And, you know, at, the, at those meetings we're talking about, I want to I want to make sure that how I'm treating our leadership team is how our leadership team is treating their teams out on the job site, too. Right. So I'm, I make our foreman buy lunch for their entire team at least once a month, right? They, they've got, they've all got credit cards. They can use it for stuff at Lowe's, Home Depot, all that kind of stuff, but just buy the guy's lunch for a day. Right. So easy. It's yeah. So, it's, it's, and you got to eat too, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> exactly. Know? It's a free meal, you right. know? Um, so we're doing those at least quarterly. My operations manager, project manager, estimator, uh, and myself, we meet once a week to look at the schedule, make sure equipment and guys are where they need to be. And, you know, we're not having a, a full blown meeting and, and reiterating core values every single day because right. we're living them out. I don't have to, you know, and I'll, I'll show up randomly on job sites every now and then just to to bring lunch to say, hey, check in. Well, you got to be the you got to be the butt of the joke, because, you know, when the boss man shows up and his Louis Vuitton loafers, he ain't trying to get dirty. Like, what are you, you lost out here, boss man? What you doing? <laughs> but, the, yep, you know, but, even though they joke with you, they appreciate seeing you out there for sure. Absolutely. It goes a long ways. And, you know, what makes me happy is when I show up randomly, I don't call them and tell them I'm coming. I show up, sit in the truck. I watch what they're doing. Everybody's staying safe. Everybody's doing something. They're not all out on the cell phones. Right. right. But what's really cool, if they're taking a break or whatever, they're all together. They're cutting up, having a good time. You know, that's when that's you know, what, that the bond is there and the culture's working. Yeah. I mean, I say it and it may be cliche, but it's quite literal. They're They're looking out for each other. Every single day and being, you know, 60 feet up in the air, you're, you're trusting your, your team with your life. You yeah. Know? I love it, man. Well, listen, bro, we're going to wrap it up. I appreciate the time. And as always, it's an honor to be your buddy. 
appreciate all the growth and and all the expertise you brought to the show today. And then hopefully some people got to take some some uh, quick implementable action items from from what you got going on. So again, everyone will drop connection and contact info for uh, Zach and, and Duggins. And as always, operators only go out there and make the best decisions. Peace.